There is a lot of landmines when it comes to renovations as well. And so, of course, you know, as you get mature, you know, you start off, always start off small and then go and, you know, do bigger and better things. You know, you don't start off on a million dollar renovation at the start because you don't have, you might not have that eye for the detail. Hello and welcome to another episode of Help Me Buy Property Podcast. Today we are going to talk about, again, the same topic, six strategies to make six figures. And our subtopic or the episode is in relation to renovations. Now, before we dive in deeper, let me introduce my beautiful co-host, Miss Cheryl. How are you today, Miss Cheryl? Hello. Happy Tuesday. Wow, what, a, what an intro. Beautiful in there as well. Well, I love Love this topic about renovations where you are, we're talking about transforming ugly ducklings to beautiful swans, which my mother used to say I was. I, I stayed in the ugly duckling phase for a while. I'm still yet to, to, to convert. But this is what renovations is about, right? When people think of renovations, they're like, I buy this, this ugly dump and then I give it a whole makeover and and ultimately, you can create some incredible, you know, equity and uplift from that. But um, Moss, maybe if you want to share your experience that you've had with renovations to begin with. Sure. Look, I think ultimately renovation is the oldest trick in the book. You know, when you think about renovations, it's the quickest and the easiest way to add or manufacture equity in your personal portfolio. Let's talk about the good side and the bad side with renovations, right? The good side with renovations, of course, is when you're thinking about renovations, there is multiple strategies and we'll go down that level of detail as well, the, tra the traditional residential renovations and dual income or, you know, yield grab renovations and commercial renovations. But if you, if you take a step back and think about what a good renovation naturally means, a good re renovation naturally means where you are spending less money but you're getting a bigger return out of it and so a typical example would be for one of the renovations that i did for a house that i purchased for around four hundred twenty thousand dollars spent about fifteen thousand dollars on it the bank valued at about 550 from memory rented at about 450 dollars per week you know typical example of a renovation right uplift hold uh, i'm not selling it because this is a development side so you know multiple exit strategies in place but ultimately, that's what you want. You know, a lot of the renovations is not always about selling. You know, sometimes it's about development, but sometimes it's about holding where you are uplifting, grabbing the money out and redoing it again. Yeah. And so can be really tricky as well. But, you know, the uplift of the equity side of things is something that every renovation should offer. What do you think? Yeah, ab absolutely. And and we're talking about renovations. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be knocking down walls all the time. I mean, really, really effective renovations can be just cosmetic things like changing the color of the house or just refreshing the roof and cleaning up the front of the garden. I think the, the thing about renovations is because it is very doable and achievable for, for most people it's a very attractive strategy and the fact that you don't have to necessarily go through planning if it, there's no structural work that's involved it is um, as, as long as you you've got some you know a, a bit of a keen eye around what looks good yes also you know things like adding you could add a wall internally 
that's not a load bearing wall, obviously it doesn't structural, that can add another room and, and suddenly you've got you've you've turned a three bedroom into a four bedroom and where does that take your value? That that increases the value. So hundred percent. I really like like and you're not risking from a risk perspective, it is low risk because the asset is still there. The asset still holds its value. And the bank the banks like it more because you're not knocking down something to to rebuild something new and you know, fingers crossed we don't have issues like we have with builders where you've got builders sort of, you know, dropping like flies, touch wood. Whereas with a renovation, you've got less of a concern around that. You might have issues with trades, but you know you're not having to deal with with a large construction agreement in that in that regard. So yeah, that those are the things I I think are the pros about renovations. There's there's a lesser risk. You can do it. It's a quicker turnaround. That often as well, if you can structure it with and being really creative like getting early entry clauses where you start to go in and measure up and all of that before you even um before you even settle as well there are a lot of really creative things you can do around renovations i think the floor plan definitely means everything when it comes to renovation i think you know even when i was buying a house for my own self you know i did the whole renovation job there the first thing as uh, an astute renovator or a professional renovator does is always walk through the house and looks at the floor plan and say, okay, you know, does it have too many livings? Can I convert this into some way, shape or form into a much better living experience? Is the kitchen open living? Is it a tight kitchen? You know, can I drop some walls which are not load, load bearing and, you know, open the space up and create bedrooms? I think ultimately the most important thing from a renovations perspective is work within the boundaries of the house that is already there. Every time you do an extension or what we call it is major renovations, you're adding significant cost to it. Now, some renovators do do that and there's nothing wrong with that. Ultimately, what you need to realize is that the major difference between a renovation and a small scale development is from a cash perspective, they might require similar sort of money because, you know, developments, you know, can be $250,000 to $300,000, right? The quicker turnaround time while lower profits but easier exit is something that is really, really attractive for people. Also, let's not forget, right, a lot of people who are professional renovators, they tend to use that, again, caveat, you know, speak to your tax accountant. Uh, The tax discounts in relation to moving into a property, uplifting, you know, the value of the property, doing renovations themselves, being hands-on, you know, laying the tiles, redoing the bathroom, doing the paint themselves. So, you know, time is naturally money that they're converting into money and then flipping and not paying any taxes and doing it again. Of course, you know, you do it multiple times and, you know, it's almost a business enterprise. So you need to be careful, but that's the biggest sort of bang for the buck when you think about traditional residential renovations. You know, you can mix this strategy with development as well. I've seen this in splitters typically, right? Where you know, you buy an ugly, ugly house with good bones, you save the house at the front, build one or two at the back, but you renovate the house at the front by spending minimal, minimalistic amount of money and lifting the value up. And again, you know, you can build, bring the two, the two strategies together instead of six figure of, you know, one six figure, you're making multiple six figures there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd like to share, you know, just today as well, if I can name drop as, uh, also, um, I was chatting with Joel and, Joel and Bianca 
Fumeco property who are based in the Sunshine Coast. So they're, they're my neighbors now. And we were talking about the exact strategy around doing a renovation in the front house and sort of subdividing, building a, a secondary dwelling in, in the back. However, we're actually combining, and I love stacking, stacking strategies. So we've talked about rooming before. The, the house in the front, we're actually converting into rooming. Oh, perfect. So awesome. you're doing a renovation, so there's uplift there, but then you're doing rooming where then you're increasing the rental return on, on the properties yes. at least two and a half times in that, in that regard, three times. And so, yeah, like you said, you don't have to necessarily sell these renovation projects. Like you're keeping that that's high cash flow in this regard, then it gives us another block at the back. Yeah. Then do the same thing. So 100%. Your, if you talk about, we, t- we talked about six different strategies, but this is, <laughs> this is probably the seventh. How many strategies is there? Like it's, it's multiple strategies at once. So you're stacking strategies there. 100%. I think there was, a, there, was a, there was a property that has hit my desk today that we are buying for a client today. And that's exactly the same sort of the work. You know, there is a house at the front that has been slightly renovated. It's a thousand square meter lot. And you could potentially, you know, build a rooming house at the back. And I was like, wow, this is just amazing, right? So, you know, you can, you know, carve up the place build something at the back, subdivide it, build something at the back, and I'll ultimately lift up the yield. And so I think this was priced at, from memory, about $450,000. You can carve up the balance of the land and sell that for three hundred, dollars and you would have, what, $150,000, $200,000 know, in loan for the front house, which would be renting at probably like five fifty dollars per week, right? And that's just, you know, it's just a smart way to, you know, carve, get the money, reduce the LVR, go back in and do it again, right? So... Mm-hmm. These strategies are amazing and you can mix and match them and, you know, it's a perfect sort of opportunity. I think one thing that we need to dive a bit more deeper into is renovating in the luxury space. You know, you can talk about renovations, you know, that cost 600 to a million dollars, you know, same as, you know, building a brand new house, right? Yes, yes. And so how, why do those renovate, renovations work? You know, let's talk a bit about that, Cheryl. Yeah, and I'll share in our uh, the experience that we've had where in those situations where I've found it, we, we had to go through a DA process. So it was quite major reno- renovations. However, you are creating, whether it's extra rooms or, you know, extra space, particularly when, I mean, we used to live in Sydney. So you have houses that are a bit smaller, terraces or whatever. They end up, you know, they might only have two bedrooms and then you do a major renovation where you're adding three bedrooms and then all of a sudden you've created a five bedroom mansion type thing, like it increases the value significantly. However, then also creates a product which is fairly unique and and new in an area which might not be a particularly new area. So it becomes incredibly dismal. When when you're talking about that then yes, there is a higher level of risk, I see, because you have to deal with planning. You got to deal with sort of con- larger construction timelines and costs, so there's this potential for sort of blowouts as well. Definitely, and and sometimes you do look at you have to weigh it up. You know, depending on the the extent of the renovation, is it actually cheaper for you, or is it actually better value to knock down and rebuild? Yeah. Also, yeah. and you make an amazing point. I think a lot of people 
when they think about renovation, they always tend to overcapitalize because they see themselves living in the house and they see themselves, you know, with all these, you know, extra bells and whistles that they want in the house. You know, renovation is all about the maximum value for the minimum spend. It's not so much about, oh, I need an, a super energy efficient home with all the AI stuff. That's not what renovation is about. Renovation is about for every dollar that I'm spending, am I getting 10x back, 15x back, 20x? What does that X looks like, you know, from a renovation perspective? And so naturally your thinking always is, even if I change this shower head or this space and do I need to, would it add any value? Would the buyer walking through the house appreciate this and be emotionally attached to this bloody toilet seat, right? And pay me an extra money, right? That's, the, that's what a renovator truly thinks about. And so I've seen people numerous number of times going through this cycle of emotionally getting attached themselves and overcapitalizing. I have a typical example of this particular guy that I spoke to, beautiful property, amazing price point that he bought. And he should have not spent more than $60,000 on the property, but ended up spending about $120,000, right? And then he brings it out to the market thinking, oh, wow, it's such a wow house. And people are like, well, you know, I can buy a brand new place for that sort of money. So why would I pay you similar amount of money, right? And so you need to understand that while your renovation may look brand new, feel brand new, people have interest in the house, you know that everyone can see when the house was bought and what the old pictures look like. And if you are doing a quick and dirty renovation within six months or three months or two months, you know, there is always this sense of conservatism that, oh, it must be a bot job or, ah, oh, you know, they might have just done it on the face value cosmetically. They might not have gutted the house completely. And so, you know, that would take away the price and so people would not pay through the heart in some of these areas, you know. So you need to understand that, you know, there, there is a price discrepancy when you compare a renovated site to a brand new site. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's talk about I guess, some of the, the cons or the things to look out for. I guess with renovations, like you said, there's, there's, the, there's the chance of budget blowouts just with any of our projects. Like there's always budget blowouts. But the truth is like in the current market, that, that is more and more likely to happen because your labor costs have gone up or your material costs have gone up. Yes, it's stabilized. However, it is, you know, cost is going up. So if you are able to find ways to reduce those costs and keep within the budget, then, you know, we always we talk about making sure it's feasible. Stick, stick to that as closely as possible. Also sort of spending, like you mentioned, more spending where it's needed not thinking that when you're doing a renovation that you need to change every single thing. So depending on the price point of what you're selling, are you able to paint over tiles or whichever? And I'm, I'm not a renovation expert in any, in, in any sense. There are definitely a lot more people who are more experienced than I am, but, but there are simple things around, you know, you don't necessarily have to change a whole, a whole kitchen Potentially, it's changing the cabinetry doors or changing the handles. So, you know, what are the simple things that you can do to update something without blowing, blowing the budget? And ultimately, also, you need to consider that, you know, it's not just about putting brand new. A lot of the renovators have this idea of, okay, buying it from a, a demolition house where they have a beautiful kitchen and they would repurpose some of that stuff as well. So controlling the cost is definitely top 
on the top radar. You know, you need to understand what your costs look like. Again, you know, doing the numbers on the paper, making sure that it works, right? I, I think a lot of people, again, you know, the similar sort of the case with development sites, you know, would crunch the numbers at the back of a tissue paper, right? And then be like, oh, yeah, the numbers work. You know, they wouldn't consider things like on cost or holding cost or, you know, or, or the things of the unknown, right? You know, the, the contingencies, you don't know when you got the place, you know, you might find termites, right? You know, I have a beautiful friend uh, who does a lot of uh, renovations in Queensland and he used to basically focus on a lot of these flooded houses. And, and so he knew exactly what to look for. He knew exactly what to change for. And, you know, that, that experience gave him that idea of, okay, what needs to go, what needs to replace, what should be brand new, what should be old is fine. So it's understanding that it's not about expensive, it's about making it look expensive, right? It's not about, you know, having a marble benchtop or granite benchtop. It's about making it look like it's, it's, it's an expensive area. You know, that wow factor is what's going to drive the emotions out of the buyer, you know, and getting them to pay through the heart rather than through their mind. So, yeah. Yeah. What are, and going back to some of the things to look out for, because, you know, we are finding because the renovation space is quite competitive and owners are more cluey as to, uh, you know, there's not that huge discrepancy between a, an unrenovated and a, a renovated property. So what's really important is that you're mindful of, of the transaction costs, the going in and coming out of the, the project. When you're doing your feasibility, it's making sure you're aware of those costs and then also then the tax implications as well. So maybe you wanted to share share a little bit about some of those those types of costs we gotta Yeah, definitely. Look, I mean the quicker turnaround while it's great, it's also important that you don't get to use the fifty percent discount rule because you're not holding that for, you know, more than twelve months. And so anything that you make if it is a business enterprise is up for the grabs, right? And so if you are already on a highest tax bracket, you know, naturally you know, 50% or 45% is up for grabs by the taxman, right? So you need to have the right structures in place. Don't just go out starting doing it in your own personal name. Uh, also, always allow for your own time that you've spent on the renovations, right? A lot of people that I see who do renovations would never factor in their own labor, right? If you're doing, if you're laying the tiles yourself, or if you're laying the floor yourself, or changing the carpets yourself, or doing the paint yourself, well, that's your labor, right? So you need to allow for some of these things. This is part of the transaction cost, and you can't just assume that you know this cost would not be considered because that's the sweat equity that you're putting in there. So, yeah, and there is a lot of uh, potholes, or there is a lot of landmines when it comes to renovations as well, and so. Of course, you know, as you get mature, you know, you start off, always start off small and then go and, you know, do bigger and better things. You know, you don't start off on a million dollar renovation at the start because you don't have, you might not have that eye for the detail. You might not be creative. You might be a colorblind like me, right? <laughs> you can't distinguish between now you tell um, me. Yeah, yeah, red and yellow. Builder, so That's what my builder said when we went to look at tiles. We went through a, a whole hour of picking out tiles. He goes, oh, by the way, I'm colorblind and went. Could you have told me this uh, earlier, like where we start? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you need to have that creative bone in you to come up with the renovation and picture what the perfect property is going to look like. And I think that's very, very important as well. Now, my 
thinking always from a renovation perspective is always pack it with another strategy, not just do the renovation by itself. Because the transaction cost majority of the time is the killer to the deal. You add stamp duty, you add holding cost, you add all of these things to it. And usually the deal becomes, you know, a marketing cost, selling cost, etc. The deal becomes not so enticing. And so if you do that to grab the yield or increase the yield and grab the equity uplift, then that would be a perfect strategy for you to replace and replicate again and again. I think the last thing that we should touch on is commercial commercial renovations, right? I think commercial renovations is an interesting one. Do you have any experience, Cheryl, or do you want me to talk a bit about the commercial? No, you, you talk, talk about it. It's not an area that I have a lot of experience with. I, I've, I've spoken to different people about it before that in that, that commercial space, but feel free to share yours. See, from my perspective, I've never done a commercial renovations, but I've spoken again, you know, and I'm sharing the experiences of some of my really good friends who have done this in the past. And it's a very interesting way the renovations work in the commercial world. And so we all know that commercial properties are driven by the valuations of the yield. And so the renovations in a commercial property is always there to push the yield up. And pushing the yield up naturally pushes the price up. And so you see all dirty looking warehouses and people would come in and put a brand new floor or give it a lick of paint or add a subfloor. And, you know, all of a sudden the gross floor area goes up and, and the more usability goes up or, you know, they provide this extra office space, for example, within a warehouse. And every little bit of yield counts, you know, you're adding an extra 50 to 100 to, you know, even sometimes, you know, $500 to these commercial properties rentals and the valuation goes up. And naturally, you know that, you know, with commercial valuations, because they're driven by yields, they instantly give you the equity back. If you take it back to the market, a commercial agent would look at the yields and say, oh, yeah, this is what the yield was previously. This is what the yield is now. The cap rate remains the same. Here is the new deal or here's the new money that you can get. And so it's a very interesting dynamics. Of course, you know, there is bigger costs involved in commercial, but it's a lot more simpler than what I feel. Uh, the residential renovations are, you know, you're not looking for pretty, you're not looking for picture perfect, you know, you're, you're still, you're just adding the yield and you're thinking more about efficiencies, you're thinking more about value in relation to, you know, the space, the active space that you're creating for people to use more. So it's very interesting. I find that, you know, people can create a lot of value in commercial renovations as well. Yeah, and I've heard, I mean, even adding sort of a usable mezzanine space, for example. So it, it is an area, like I said, that I don't have a lot of experience with in. However, I've spoken to various people about it. And, you know, it'd be great where we've, if we've got our audience who have done commercial renovations to sort of share their experience as well. But again, what we're trying to highlight here is that Renovations don't just need to be in that residential space. There's commercial renovations. There's probably industrial renovations too. But to think, because again, there's so much more competition, to think laterally and to stack strategies because there's less margin to be made in renovations, like a simple renovation now because so many people are across it. So you've got to be a bit more creative in how you're doing it. Yes. Uh, also, one thing that I do want to touch with you, and I, I'm sure that you would have, you know, some sort of exposure to this, Cheryl, is more in relation to, you know, people buying these renovations on cash. You would always see that happening, that, you know, 
these old houses are always bought on a very low LVR or a very, very low cash or, or very high cash amount. Uh, talk to us a, as a bit about that as to, you know, why some of those deals happens in a much shorter settlement times, much quicker turnaround times. I find that really interesting. And so what you're saying from what I understand, it's like, why, why are people putting like 100% of their cash in? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I do ask the question as well. I'm the type that, that likes to be able to leverage. Yes. And so, and it could well be, and I can't speak for why the people do it. It could well be that they just feel in terms of the transaction cost to, and the time to get a loan is going to take longer. I don't quite, I don't really, really know. I like to be able to use. It's very interesting. I've always sort of thought this through. I've spoken to a few renovators and look, I mean, they've never given me a suitable answer as to why would they not use debt to their advantage. Yes, there might be valuation shortfalls because the house might be really, really old. But then again, you would not be overpaying for these houses anyway, you know. So maybe it's the speed of the deal. Maybe it's a deceased state or something along the lines and they want a quicker settlement or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it, it always surprises me when people buy houses of cash just for renovation and then flipping it. Yes, it reduces your holding cost 100%. I don't disagree. But ultimately, you are, your cash on cash returns becomes quite smaller, right? So you need to think about the cash on cash returns and not just, you know, reducing the holding cost. And so, yes, you know, do better cash flows, you know, rather than not taking debt at all, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That- that's right. So like I said, I, I, it's not think, something that I, it wouldn't quite work for me, but I mean, there are people doing it and they do it well, then fantastic for them. I, I like to be able to leverage, leverage the money. Definitely. Let's wrap this up, Cheryl. Parting words for people who are looking to get into renovations and creating a six-figure through this strategy. Absolutely. My parting word, and it's going to be a really short one, is don't forget to surround yourself with your A-team. We've talked about this in our previous previous episodes, like your A-team, whether it's the real estate agent who understands what the needs are and can give you some values around that, a property manager as well, understanding the, uh, the, the rental yields you can get from a renovated property, your plumbers, your electricians, like all these people that are that your traits that you're going to leverage to be able to make sure that, that they can give you quick quotes and that to to make sure that you're going to be working within your budget as well like leverage these people in your renovations just like any any other investment or development create your a team make sure you're leveraging them make sure you're giving them business as well and they're going to look after you definitely definitely beautiful words cheryl um my parting words if i very quickly summarize this as well is Understanding why a person would pay premium for a fully renovated house. It's important to understand that people usually have money to buy a house. They don't have cash or they have enough deposit to just buy a house. They don't have enough money to buy a house and then use more money to renovate it. It's not a typical scenario. You know, people usually sit with 20% deposit. They don't have an extra 200 or $300,000 on top to renovate the house, or even fifty to 100000 in some instances. And so from their perspective, if they just have to cough up 20% of whatever that price looks like, that number is significantly lower while you are the one bringing the cash in, doing the uplift, doing the renovations, and charging bigger money. And that's where the value 
is created by the renovator. It's using your cash to add value. And so that mindset should never change. Always think about the amount of money that you're putting in and the cash and cash return that you're going to get out of that deal uh, would ultimately be the deciding factor of you continuing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening to us, viewers and listeners. Again, you know, if you are um, someone who has done commercial renovations, please drop it into the comments below. Reach out to us. We would love to talk to you and, you know, pick up your brain. If you have done renovations in the past and uh, if you want to share your experience, please, you know, drop it into the comments below. Share your story on Help Me Buy Property Podcast. Keep smiling. Take care. Keep investing. This is Moss and Cheryl checking out. Take care. Bye-bye.